welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we'll be talking about New Nightmare, which was released in the US on the 14th of October 1994, and the UK on the 6th of January 1995, and Ireland on the 31st of March 1995. Uh, it's written and directed by Wes Craven, and it stars Hannah Langenkamp, Michael Hughes, Robert England, John Saxon, David Newsom, and Wes Craven. Jimmy and I have thought of uh, three problems the movie has each, and we'll discuss them. We also each have a positive. Uh, right, well, Jen, your pick. Um, in case anyone's wondering what happened to Dumbo, sound problems, it's not getting released. So we're just jumping to this, that nobody knows what's happening because we didn't announce it. Well, we did announce it, but in an episode that wasn't so Jen what's your uh, what's your history with this well first of all I just want to say I'm upset about the Dumbo episode because I'm pretty sure out of all the movies we've talked about Dumbo's the one where we've said the word cunt the most yeah 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 um I I had issues with the stork thing and you called the elephants cunts quite a lot so I'm ashamed I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm sad that it's not getting released because that was a good episode. Yeah. I'll try and do something with it, maybe release it like as a bonus at some point, but editing it is just we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Okay. So what's your history then? Um my history is I'm pretty sure if this wasn't the first horror movie I ever saw, it was definitely in the top five. Right. Um I caught it on TV. I'm not I wasn't a horror person. Um and I thought it was the first one I'd seen, but looking at like when it came out, I may have seen Carrie and the Shining by this point. But um I was flipping through the channels. So like this is actually the first time I've seen it the whole way through. Um I was flipping through the channels and I'm pretty sure I stopped on it because uh Heather Langenkamp was on a sitcom called Just the Ten of Us that I really liked, and I'm pretty sure I just watched it because the girl from Just the Ten of Us was there. Um, and, uh, and she's actually from Tulsa, which I didn't know at the time. Um, my dad dated her aunt, apparently. All right. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I was just like, well, I'll watch this. And I didn't realize it was a Nightmare on Elm Street movie at first. And, um, it was, it was kind of a weird one to start with. Like, I remember really loving the concept, um, but just being kind of like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, I don't know these, I don't know these movies. And I, I don't think I saw Nightmare on Elm Street until a few years later. Um, and then I had only seen the first one in this one, um, which I only saw this the one time where I know I didn't see the beginning. Um, and then in preparation the other day, I was like, well, I should watch Nightmare on Elm Street. It's been a while. Um, and then I went ahead and watched uh, the third one. Because that's the other one Heather Langenkamp was in. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because I've been watching older horror films lately. And it's, you know, you look at the credits and you're like, I don't know who these people are. Um, and then with that one, it was like, oh, Larry Fishburne and, and introducing yeah. Patricia Arquette. Like, all of a sudden there were people I knew. It was weird. Um, but yeah, that's that's my history. Like, I, I feel like I've I did this series. Like, I came at it in like, a really weird way. You certainly did, yeah. If this was the first one you saw, um, it's definitely the, the... I wouldn't say wrong way to do it, but it's definitely the the not correct way to do it. <laughs> um, you know, now that I'm 
now that I'm thinking about it, I must have seen it right when it aired on TV for the first yeah. time. Because I think of it as something I saw before Scream, but that was only two years later. <laughs> so that my memory might be messing with me a little. Yeah, it may, it may too. Um, well, my history is, uh, by this point, I was a fan of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd seen the original, I must have seen all of the, yeah, I would have seen all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies by this point. So I was just waiting for the next one to come out. Because so, I definitely saw um, Freddy's Dead, which is number six, the one before this. Uh, I definitely saw that on VHS tape with my girlfriend at the time because it was the last scenes in 3D, like the last 10 minutes or something was in 3D and we had 3D glasses to watch it at home and it was garbage. <laughs> um, the movie and the 3D effects. Uh, but I had seen all of them up until that point, so this was just me waiting in the next Freddy Krueger movie to come out. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was great that you know I was actually part of the the fandom because I love the. the I think Fred Freddy's my favorite out of the like Jason and Michael and Freddy and Chucky. I think are my two favorites because they have personalities. I've still never seen a Chucky movie. Yeah. Oh, you should. You should watch. The first Child's Play, because that one is actually legitimately scary. Maybe not now, but... Xander and I might watch it this month. We're uh, we, we d- we're going to watch horror movies for, you know, the month of October. Yeah. But I think we're starting with the new It today. Right. Well, Ch- Child's, the first Child's Play movie and the second one are probably pretty suitable for him. They're nothing too crazy in them. The second one's probably my favourite. But those movies are crazy because they're all connected. It's mm-hmm. like all the, I mean, we're not talking about Child's Play, but all the Child's Play movies, well, it's kind of related to this, but all the Child's Play movies are actually connected, like, from the very beginning up until now with the TV show, the Chucky TV show, which is going to get its um, second season this week, as mm-hmm. we record this. All of it's connected, it's all the, all the one story, and that is unusual for a franchise, because, like, you've got the, mm-hmm. the Freddy Krueger movies, which is, like, it's different every time. There's, like... An, an underlying story there of who Freddy is, but that doesn't come until later. And, like, the the mm-hmm. second movie isn't connected to the other ones. Do you know what I mean? It's like, or yeah. Friday the 13th movies are all different. And But Chucky is the same all the way through. Same guy who wrote all of them all the way through. And, That's nice. yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, even when the, the series goes to shit with uh, Seed of Chucky, which is awful, um, it comes back again with Cult of Chucky and Curse of Chucky, which are really good. Uh, Carson Cult. I said them wrong way around. And now the TV show, which I well, they my my favorite is Halloween out of those big franchises. Not counting Scream. I don't count Scream no, because no. I think of like more like seventies, eighties stuff. Yeah, but Halloween, it's like choose your own adventure, right? Like uh-huh. uh, the seventh one only acknowledges the first two, yeah. and then the twenty eighteen only acknowledges the first one, and three isn't anything having to do with anything uh some people choose to just ignore six we don't talk about eight um it's it's crazy it's crazy yeah but yeah it was so funny i i had told because when i saw nightmare on elm street for the first time i was a teenager and it scared the shit out of me um and i had told xander he couldn't 
he couldn't watch it. Um, cause I just remembered, you know, how much it scared me when I was even older than him. And then when I watched it this week, I was like, you can watch it. Cause it's so cheese. Like it's a, it's a really good movie, but so much is cheesy by today's standards. And when he and I watched the original it like Pennywise still freaks me out and he just laughed at him. Yeah. So I was like, maybe he won't be so scared. But I, I think the first movie and the second movie, Freddy is legitimately scary. Mm-hmm. It's not until like the third movie where he starts to do a little bit of like the quips and stuff, and mm-hmm. you know he makes jokes all the time. But the second movie, he is legitimately scary. He's got different oh really design and all that in his face, uh, which is a shame because that's the one that people just remember for being the, the the gay one. I actually quite like the second one. Freddy could be scary in this one if it was actually Freddy, but mm-hmm. it's not actually Freddy. But this this thing is scary. <laughs> Wes, yeah, Wes Craven regretted making him look different. It makes sense that he looks different, though. It does, it does. Anyway, let us just start with the problems. And my first problem is, after the earthquake, Heather asks what the noise is, and Chase says it's car alarms. Is Heather stupid? <laughs> is this is supposed to mean that Heather's stupid, that she doesn't know what car alarms sound like? That sounds like a line that should have came from the child. I think she's supposed to be, like, so, like, freaked out by her dreams and stuff, but then it just doesn't come off right. I know, it doesn't. Well, my first problem is similar, because it's, um, during the earthquake, she goes to Dylan's room, and she, like, gets on the bed with him, and I... Uh, I've seen enough movies and TV shows that take place in Los Angeles that I know what you're supposed to do <laughs> yeah. in an earthquake yeah. and you're supposed to like go into a doorway or something and so it really feels like she's just acting like it's her first earthquake ever. I know. Oh, we did do a synopsis. <laughs> We've not done a synopsis lately and I should have written one for this because I imagine that this is one that people might. Um, uh, Heather Langenkamp's having visions of Freddy Krueger as if Freddy Krueger's real and other people are too and then Freddy Krueger's actually not real it's a demon the end well but she I mean the thing is if you don't know who Heather Langenkamp is she was she played Nancy in the first and third movies so it's very meta yeah it's you know Wes Craven plays himself like uh Robert Englund plays himself um it's the guy who played her dad John Saxon plays himself the legend that is John Saxon (laughs) and she um, in the movie is married to a guy who does special effects and in real life she's married to a guy who does special effects and he actually I guess he was offered the role and declined it yeah Um. so her husband could have been played by her husband yeah you wouldn't want to do that though would you because you would not when he dies no, exactly <laughs> Well, and apparently, I guess he originally wasn't supposed to die, but they felt like there weren't enough deaths. Like, yeah. I guess this is the only movie where teenagers don't get killed. It's actually adults. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Um, She she married David Leroy Anderson, who is a, a, an FX a, a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both now run AFX Studio. And she actually worked on um Cabin in the Woods. She did effects for Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's brilliant. But she's, she's went down that route now that she's doing that it's it's just so funny to me that like you'll see people like having their moment or whatever like she you know did the freddy movies she did i mean it's not like just the ten of us was huge but it was on for you know two or three seasons Mm -hmm. i think maybe two and a half it was a spinoff of growing pains um 
Like, you know, she she played Nancy Kerrigan in a TV movie the same year yeah. as this. Like, she, you know, things were decent and then she disappeared. And when people disappear, you like, the assumption is always they they were a failure or whatever. When really it's like, no, she just went on to do some cooler shit. Yeah. Um, the biggest example to me is, um, like, I, I have multiple semi-sonic albums. I actually really like semi-sonic, mm-hmm. but they are known as a one-hit wonder because Closing Time was the only song that did, like, really well. Yeah. And so people people tend to talk about one hit wonders like they're losers, which is ridiculous because you know how hard it is to have even one hit. Exactly. But um, but when you look up uh Dan Wilson, the lead singer of uh, Semisonic, he's won Grammys for writing for Adele. Yeah. Like that guy's doing. Yeah, he's okay. Really good stuff. Yeah. So I'm I'm fascinated by people like Heather Langenkamp, where it's like you know you're not just gonna act forever. Like yeah, some people or or even the guy who played Jake Ryan in Sixteen Candles, mm-hmm. he was just like I don't like this. I'm gonna go be a carpenter. Yeah, like it it's not like they make these choices, and I just I I've become fascinated with how we think about artists and then the reality of artists. Yeah, I know it's 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 weird that people. I mean Heather Langenkamp, she still does act. I mean, she's going to be on mm. Mike Flanagan's new show that's coming to Netflix this month. Okay. My second problem is uh, the score. It's been a while since I've complained about the score in a movie. Mm. But the very first time I watched... Uh, no, sorry, the very first time I saw any clips of this, um, it would have been Film 95. We had a, a TV show in the, the UK called Film, and then it would be The Year after it. So, Film 94, 95, 96, whatever, right? So, Film 95, when it was released, and they showed clips, and they showed the, the clip of the freeway scene, where Dylan Shetter on across the road, and Freddy's, you know, picking them up and stuff. They showed that, mm-hmm. which is towards the end of the movie, but they showed that. Uh, and I remember the music in that scene, uh, and I've listened to it since on Spotify, and I just really don't like them. I don't think the music in that scene fits. It's two sort of triumph triumphant it's kind of like um it doesn't play like it should it's scary it plays or that there's any real peril it just plays like Mm -hmm. he's already won kind of thing you know it's Mm -hmm. yeah that's not uh, yeah and the music throughout apart from that when they use the original score at the beginning that's great what's your second problem still trying to figure that out uh (laughs) my problem is i've been like things have been crazy lately i've been so busy so on friday i watched like an hour of the movie Mm. yesterday i watched 30 minutes today i watched 30 minutes so like i have these notes i took on friday Mm. like written on paper and then everything else is in my head and i whenever i pulled my notes out to look i was like do i even care about this stuff anymore so i'm kind of battling myself because i have multiple problems but i can't i guess i guess my second problem is just i don't know i guess it's it's a two-parter um i hate how immediate i mean i know she's been getting these phone calls for a while right mm. but like immediately in the beginning she's freaked out and i wish there was just a little more of a kind of dismissal mm-hmm. From her about her dreams, like she immediately starts freaking out. Yeah, I would like a little more of a of an attitude, kind of like, "Oh, your past movies are getting to you," or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I also wish that there were more reactions from anybody in this movie about like what you're dealing with is like your movie, mm-hmm. like in more of a this is ridiculous kind of way. Yeah. Um, until before the babysitter dies, because like the the nurse is the only one who comments on any of it, mm-hmm. and that's just so she can be super judgmental. My goodness, <laughs> it just I wish there was a little more 
like that. Like, I don't like how upset she is immediately. Yeah. We just, we need a little more. But I, uh, I did want to, I have, I have many screenshots from IMDb. And I knew what I wanted to say here. And now I can't find it. So, never mind. Well, <laughs> but um, Heather Camp actually did have a stalker in real life. Yeah, I saw that. And Wes Craven like asked if he could write it in. Mm-hmm. And why why does nobody comment on her hair? What you mean? Because when her hair starts turning. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not just that she. The babysitter says it. Yeah, but like I. The nurse clearly knows the movies. It'd be nice if the nurse was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That's like your movies. I found the thing I was looking for because um, I totally forgot what I was going to say. And now I found it. Mm-hmm. And I know what I was going to say. So the nurse is um, giving her shit. She thinks she's shown her her movies. And she's like, he's too young or whatever. Yeah. But apparently Miko Hughes was a Freddy fan before even getting the movie. Right. Like, he's apparently watched them putting the makeup on Robert England every day. Mm-hmm. And, like, how old is he supposed to be in this movie? Um, I don't know. I think he was probably around seven when it was filmed. I mean, Xander's nine and he's watching stuff like this now. So it's, but it's just, I mean, I think that's more normal now because we have the internet. So everybody knows that kids are going to see terrible things at a young age. Yeah. Um, so I know, like, in the early 90s, it wouldn't have been probably. Well, I don't know. Maybe it would have been as common because I remember, like, you know, in 2000 working at a video store and, like, you know, I saw a little four-year-old running around with, like, he had picked his movie and it was Scream. Like, Mm -hmm. kids, little kids have always watched horror films. And I do wonder if you do see your mom in one, is it, like, more of a, that's my mom, I can't take it seriously, or, like, that's my mom that freaks me out? Yeah. Our real kids grew up with, like... The dad being a special effects guy, anyway, so mm-hmm. they 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 lived in a world of it's all fake. Yeah. So, I mean, somebody could have said that for the kid in this as well, you know. Well, somebody said, mm-hmm. well, you know, he knows it's not real. His dad does the makeup effects on the thing. It's fine. Yeah, I just I wish there'd been more talk about what she was dealing with being like the movies. It's I feel like everybody take like as far as and when I say everybody, I mean like her and Wes Craven and stuff. I feel like they're all taking it too seriously too quickly. And it's like, dude, this is weird. I know. Like I and that nurse, I wanted to punch her. <laughs> just like automatically jump to you're abusing your kid. Yeah, it's well, and it's like at the end of the movie, I'm just like CPS is going to be called soon. <laughs> like this isn't over for her. She's going to have to deal with people, somebody trying to take away her kid. Yeah. After this, yeah. Um. Also, don't read the script to your son. Like I know you, you just went through all this, but like, why would you do that? That's it's, <laughs> uh, that was so weird to me. Yeah, I know uh, that kid's going to have to go through a lot of therapy because you know he learned that monsters are real. Yeah. And it's oh man, and it's a demon. It's not actually Freddy. It's a demon, and it's just sort of grabbed onto their thoughts and their fears of mm-hmm. Freddy when Freddy was scary, and then it just became Freddy, and that's why it doesn't really look like Freddy. It doesn't under- mm-hmm. doesn't explain why it sounds like Freddy. Can we talk about Miko Hughes for a second? Sure, go for it. Creepy ass kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was in Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, he was creepy in that. I only saw it once. It's oh yeah, no, um, he has. Yeah, he definitely has. Um, he's creepy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even as Michelle's friend on Full House, he was a little creep. Right. Uh, and wasn't he the one in Kindergarten Cop that said boys have a penis, girls yep. have a vagina? Yep. Like, isn't he a little asshole in that movie? 
He's not really an asshole. He just he just says that all the time because he thinks it's hilariously okay. funny. <laughs> well, and even on he did a few episodes of Roswell, and he was creepy yeah. there. He was like five was years like, old in Kindergarten Cop. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I know he he always seems to play creep. Pet Cemetery, yeah, he was in that. He was a little kid that dies. It just shows like what an impression he made on Full House. Because when I looked earlier, I saw he was only on twelve episodes, mm. and I would have believed like thirty. Yeah. And sometimes I think it it kind of sucks for actors that their presence on a show can be bigger than their actual presence on a show, yeah. and their pay does not like the importance of the character or like of your memory isn't anywhere. Their paychecks aren't anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this character on um, the OC when one of the characters lives in a trailer park, and he's in, like, her first episode there. Mm-hmm. And the joke is, every time someone knocks on her door at her trailer park, like, she always assumes it's him, and she always yells, No, Gus, I don't want to, like, I don't know, watch a dog fight or whatever. It's always something really weird. Yeah. And she, I was listening to the OC podcast, she was like, yeah, we gotta have this guy on, talk to him about it. And I was thinking, I don't know if he was in more than one or two scenes. <laughs> Like, his presence is in every episode. Yeah. Sort of. But that guy was hardly on that show at all. <laughs> like, those kind of people are so weird to me. And it's like, Miko Hughes, I I could have sworn he was in dozens of episodes of Full House. Yeah. And he was only and in it a was dozen. just one dozen. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's just, it's so crazy to me. Yeah. But yeah, I feel bad. That kid, like, I always thought he was so creepy and made fun of him. And then it, like, I think he was one of those child stars whose parents took everything. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. I think so, yeah. And he's probably very nice. He wasn't creepy in Kindergarten Cop. He was just, he just said. He's just annoying. Because, I mean, like, when kids learn words, they do tend to say them. I think it's just that he never played, like, a non annoying or non creepy kid in the stuff that I saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the like the first time I ever saw him being just like normal and likable was an episode of Veronica Mars, and I didn't even realize it was him. Right. Okay. What season was that? Uh, I think season two. All right. So it was like he's... It wasn't the rape season then. <sighs> no. no, no, it wasn't the rape season. Mm. Um, it was definitely either one or two because I remember his character was playing hacky sack in the school parking lot. Right. It was at the high school. Well, Veronica Mars has just came to um Prime. Amazon Prime in the UK, so I might actually finally finish season three, the rape season. I might just finally finish it. I like that season. It's a good season. And that storyline only goes on for like seven episodes. Right, okay, that's fair enough then. I got like two, two and a half in and I was like, no, I can't do it. But I might, I'll, I'll go back to it. The last batch of episodes don't even have an ongoing mystery. All right, okay. What's your third problem? Um, The final act. I mean, I do like this movie. I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, like this movie for years. It's one of my favourites in the series. But the last act is just kind of uninspired and kind of light and nothing really happens. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like two people in a furnace just like trying to escape us, mm-hmm. this um demon. Yeah. I think part of the problem with higher concept ideas is that sticking the landing becomes very hard. Yeah. Like, you can have a really good idea, but then when you get to the end, it's like, the ending is can't be as good as just the concept of the movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Once it starts to get, like, the tongue thing with the tongue coming out and then his bottom jaw opening up and the kid's head going in and stuff like that, it's like, that's just fucking ridiculous. 
I hate all the Freddy tongue stuff. That he's yeah. st- there's stuff with his tongue in the other movies, and it's just like ugh. It would have been great to see Robert England face the the entity, like to actually see him face Freddy Krueger would have been pretty cool. Yeah, I wish there'd been a little more Robert England. Yeah, in this exactly. Movie. Um, or if Wes Craven had the balls to like kill Robert England in the movie, something like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, because he kills fictional people, he doesn't kill like you know he doesn't go full meta and actually kill someone that's named in the real. Like he doesn't kill Robert England. He doesn't kill, uh, say John Saxon. Um, yeah. Uh, so what's your third problem? Um, I mean, I have I have similar issues with the third act, but one thing I didn't really enjoy was um, when all of a sudden, like, sorry, what was the actor's name again? It was John Saxon. John Saxon played their dad in the original, yeah. Yeah, that like all of a sudden he's Nancy's dad yeah. and he's calling her Nancy. I didn't like that. That's weird. I wasn't a fan of that. Uh, we don't need that, like, because it it's like the whole thing seemed like you know Freddie. When you tell a story, the thing becomes real, right? Yeah. And so, like Wes Craven's told the story of Freddie, and Freddie's becoming real. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that doesn't he doesn't say anything like then the movie becomes real, yeah. right? Like I I didn't I didn't necessarily like that element. I don't think the rules are clear enough. Yeah, the movie is real, not just the character. It's the movie, and also the people who play them are now the they're the characters. But then. That doesn't really work because mm-hmm. Heather doesn't automatically become Nancy. She's still Heather, and she's wondering why John is calling her Nancy. Mm-hmm. So, like, why is it just why is it just John Saxon that gets affected by this? Mm-hmm. It's strange. Because then, wouldn't it make Robert England become Freddy or something? Um, I don't. Yeah. And I, I will say, I think with this concept, if if Wes Craven were alive today, mm-hmm. I think that it would be a lot better because I think he probably would have had a little more time. They made seven of these movies in a decade. Like, they were just churning them out. Who knows how much time he actually had mm-hmm. to work on this script and the logistics. And we live in a world now where not only do I think he would be allowed at least a little more time, there's more of an awareness of, like, people on the internet are going to pick things up. Like, you need to have... Yeah. Your stuff be a little more airtight um, and have, have the rules established. Um, so I think I think if he made it today, a lot of those problems would be fixed because I think he was very capable of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss Wes Craven. Yeah, yeah. I like a lot of his movies, but he was never, he's never, he's not my favorite director. Like, mm-hmm. um, John Carpenter pips him for me for stuff that John Carpenter's made. But I do like Wes Craven's movies because um, I like the the two Freddies that he did and I like uh, Scream, obviously, and Scream mm-hmm. 2. But, yeah, Carpenter, Carpenter pips him because he made The Thing and The Thing's amazing. Yeah. I love I love his voice. Like I love how soft spoken he is. Yeah. And um it's and there's just little things like um in on the commentary for Scream, it talks about how uh like I think it's Casey says the first one was good but the rest of them sucked and he was like mm-hmm. I don't like that cuz I did the first Nightmare on Elm Street and it feels like I'm just complimenting myself and they're like, "Well, you did the seventh one as well." Yeah. Um and he was like and I I love the fact that he didn't want a line. Yeah like that in the movie if it looked like he was just saying nice things about himself and disparaging others and 
but then it also I was like, he also co-wrote three. Like he was involved in several. Um, in fact, he wanted the third one to be this, yeah. but they said it was too high concept. He wrote he he came up with the the idea for three, but um, Frank Darabont mm. and um ah uh, who's the other one? Frank Darabont and I don't remember. It's the director of the third one, and he also directed the Blob. Ah, uh, I can't remember. But anyway, Frank Darabont and the the director wrote the screenplay for it. That's gonna annoy me now. Well, can I tell you a Wes Craven story I read that I loved? Mm-hmm. This is so cute. Uh, <laughs> Wes Craven had intended to ask Johnny Depp to make an appearance as himself in the funeral scene. Craven never worked up the courage to ask him, but after the film's release, they ran into each other. Craven asked Depp if he would have made an appearance in the movie, and Depp said he would have, and that Craven should have asked him. That is so adorable. Like, Wes Craven gave him his first big role. Mm-hmm. Like, Wes Craven helped make his career, and, like, you assume, and, I mean, let's forget about let's not even get into Amber Heard and stuff, but like generally all Johnny Depp stories are very good. And it's like, I just, I don't know. It's just like, I wish he'd asked him. And I think it's just really sweet that he, you know, Johnny Depp at this point is huge and he's afraid to ask him. And it's like, you're a big director. Yeah, exactly. You're just asking for a scene. Like most decent people probably would do that as long as they have a good relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. There was something about that that was really sweet to me. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Russell is the director of the third one. Okay. Um, yeah, that uh, the funeral scene actually did have some returning actors from, like the mm-hmm. guy who played Rod in the first movie was there, and Tuesday Night who played um, Kristen in the fourth movie, she took over from Rosanna Arquette. She's in the, the funeral scene as well. There's a couple of people there that, yeah. Oh, okay. So... It would have been cool to see Johnny Depp there and him just not saying anything. He would just be standing there because none of them speak. So it's great if he would just mm. be standing there and people go, wait, what is that Johnny Depp? Yeah. That would have been so cool. But he was mm. also in Freddy's Dead. He made an appearance in Freddy's was he? Dead. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the, um, you know, that this is your brain on drugs thing. Uh-huh. He, he does like a spoof of that and then Freddy hits him over the face with a frying pan. <laughs> um. And that's, yeah, so Johnny Depp's in Freddy's Dead. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So it would have been so cool for him to come back to this because Wes Craven directed it, yeah. Yeah. Did you notice who played the morgue attendant? No. I saw the morgue attendant. I was like, that guy looks familiar. I was like, that guy looks kind of like W. Earl Brown. And it was. He was All the right. cameraman in Scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that that was kind of funny to me because it's like two years later, he's going to get his throat slit. Be somebody whose name I actually learn. Yeah. Right. So we're in positives now, aren't we? Mm-hmm. What I like, I like the whole meta thing, and I like the fact that they don't go down the route of this is actually Freddy. I like that they change mm-hmm. it, and it's that they come up with a way of making Freddy scary again, but also it's not him. Mm-hmm. It could just have easily have been like this weird thing where they manifested the real Freddy, and or Robert England, you know, becomes a real Freddy or something, and they could have mm-hmm. done that. That would have been cheesy. So I like that. I like that. And I just like the whole meta thing anyway. I like that uh, people playing themselves. Yeah. I like it. Even though the acting's not the best. Um, Although, I mean, Heather Langenkamp at this point has improved quite a bit. Right, okay. She, I, Hey, I just watched her three movies back to back. And she is much better in this than she was I'll tell you in what, the earlier ones. Heather Langenkamp in the late 80s, she was in a pilot for, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I've done it and dropped the pilot. And she plays like the ditzy, a ditzy neighbor in that, and mm-hmm. she is fantastic in that pilot. 
<laughs> she is much better in that kind of role, the comedy role, than she is trying to play the straight like this. Uh, I don't think she's great in this, but she has improved mm-hmm. since the early Elm Street movies. But I think comedy's more her thing, definitely. It's about a group of um, crime-solving housewives. I was just thinking, like, I couldn't remember how good she was in just the ten of us. And because uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I've told you this before, I always forget about YouTube. Like, I think if a show isn't streaming on like one of the streaming sites, like, oh, too bad, I can't watch it. And it just now occurred to me, oh, maybe it's on YouTube. And I see the entire season, her mm-hmm. series, is on YouTube. Yeah. So maybe I'll be watching. I, I watched the pilot. I t- randomly watched the pilot for Townies the other day. Oh, really? Like, I'm slowly remembering things are on YouTube. Yeah. But yeah, my positive is basically the same. Like, I love the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's really, really interesting, especially since, um, especially the whole thing of, like, Wes Craven has to have nightmares to have his story, um, to do his writing. And the idea of, like, his nightmares coming true here. I really like it. I don't know. It, that You know, I have trouble buying that she's, like, still super close with the guy who played her dad. Like, mm-hmm. that that's who she's going to, the first person she's going to call when she's upset. But I, know. I get the feeling we'll never know exactly what Scream 3 was supposed to be. But I feel like there was supposed to be some, like, like more of that, like, meta Hollywood stuff. But just, like, taking place in Woodsboro. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that kind of stuff. I mean, I love Entourage, so I love people playing themselves. Yeah. Like, I love seeing actors playing themselves. I have a couple more things of trivia mm-hmm. I uh, copied. One, uh, God, this is horrifying. Uh, Wes Craven tried to get a real reaction from Miko Hughes to actually cry. To do this, his mother would leave the set and his father would whisper in his ear, your mother's dead. <laughs> and if he acted well, if he acted well for the take, his reward was a happy meal. <laughs> Being a child actor sounds terrible. That's fucked. This piece of trivia is actually from the third movie, but I just think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, for the dream sequence in which Dick Cavett in- Dick Cavett interview is interrupted by Freddy Krueger, Sally Kellerman was originally in the script as the guest, but Cavett was then allowed to pick the person he'd be interviewing. He picked Zsa Zsa Gabor because he thought she was the dumbest person he'd ever met in his life, <laughs> and he'd never have her on his show in real life. So if there's one person he'd want to see killed by Freddy, it would be her. Oh my god! That is also fucked. That's not that's not nice. I hope Jaja Gabor doesn't know exactly why she was picked. Oh my god. That yeah. Yeah. Uh so man. And and you know, I I feel some misogyny there. Oh absolutely. I have a fun fact about Heather Lion Camp. Okay. Uh I've spoke about the, the YouTube channel Dead Meat before. Um James A. Janista's uh kill counts of movies. And their podcast have had like a few people from movies, horror movies on, and they actually had Heather Langkamp on once. Mm-hmm. Um, and they became friends. Um, and Heather Langenkamp actually uh, officiated his wedding um, to his, well, now wife, uh, Chelsea Rebecca, who hosts the podcast on the thing, on the channel. So I thought that was really cute. She actually, <laughs> she actually married them. That was lovely. That's nice. Could you imagine that? Could you see it? Imagine saying to someone, I got Nancy from Nightmare Elm Street <laughs> to officiate my wedding. That's so cool. I don't know the specifics about 
um, Miko Hughes in Oklahoma, but I, I read earlier that he considers Oklahoma to be his permanent address. So, like, the two of the main characters in this movie, the act, like, I don't know if Heather Langenkamp ever comes back here or anything, but, like, they're yeah. both, I guess, from Oklahoma, um, which is cool. I'm trying to remember if I've ever known of Heather Langenkamp to be here for, like, I feel like maybe she was here for a Nightmare on Elm Street showing at one point. I, I might be making that up. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I have hometown pride when it comes to those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, all I have is William Wallace had a house in my hometown. That's it. He lived there. And and the, the name of the town is actually mentioned in Braveheart. So that's that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing that's um, I mean, apparently people really like Oklahoma because um, or Tulsa specifically because mm-hmm. um Jack White has a place here and like he's become such a big Tulsa person that our local um like minor league baseball team you know sometimes they'll have theme nights and one night they gave away Jack White bobbleheads <laughs> <laughs> and um Zachary Levi made a couple mm-hmm. movies here and loved it so much that now he has a place here that's nice apparently he sometimes goes to the same taco place I do but I've never seen him um Oh, and what would you what would you do if you if you saw Zachary Levi? What I mean, like, what would your reaction be? Do you think? I mean, I know you've met famous people before, but I know you're not supposed to bother celebrities while they're eating. But yeah, I also absolutely. know that he ate at the bar, which mm-hmm. eating at the bar is a more social thing. Mm-hmm. I get pretty shy with those kinds of things, but I'd probably just want to let him know I love Chuck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I you know I'm sure like Chuck. I, I feel like, I might be wrong, but I feel like it was one of those shows that was barely on the air. Like, I feel like the ratings the first season were pretty good, but, like, after that mm. weren't amazing. Yeah. I got five seasons, though. It, it doesn't seem to have found, like, a big audience on streaming yet. Like, it's not no. one of those where you hear people talk about it. So I have to wonder how often he actually gets... I mean, I'm sure he gets recognized for Chuck a lot, but, like, at this I'm point... Sure he does, yeah. At this point, you know, probably not as much as, like... Some of his movies and stuff. I don't know. Like Shazam and stuff like that. I love Chuck. I like the Chuck parts of Chuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like... There's two characters in particular I can't fucking stand in that show. And it's his co-workers. Yeah. Um, you don't like Casey? The, or, oh, wait, which co-workers? Uh, the, uh, no, I like Casey. Okay. Um, no, the two fucking... Oh, the ones Oh, that gotcha, bands. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't remember what they're called, but those two dicks. I don't like them at all. Like if if I'd be more likely to say something to Zachary Levi because I recently rewatched Chuck and it's mm. still so good. Um, that is good, yeah. But I probably actually wouldn't say anything because when I met Jeannie Triplehorn, I couldn't say anything to her, and that was really bad because she was asking me to help her find a book, and that was my yeah. job, and I couldn't respond to her. Um. So, <laughs> and then I've also just had like Essie Hinton's been rude to me before, so. The thought of talking, to, although Jason Lee's been very, very nice to me, um, and I've been embarrassingly drunk in front of him. So, um, but um, no, Lester, Lester, and Jeffrey, or Jeff, and they're called Jeffster. I don't like those. Yeah, I like them, but I, I can see not liking them. I think I liked them more this last time I watched it than I did the first time. Well, see, the problem I have with them is they're exactly the same the entire way through, and they learn absolutely nothing. Mm, and even yeah. in the last season, they're exactly the same. They're absolute arseholes, and they don't change. I get that. I just don't like them because at least I mean Morgan annoys me, but at least mm-hmm. Morgan has character. I like Morgan, and he has mm-hmm. an arc. I do like Morgan, but you know, it's 
it's not his fault that he's annoying because he doesn't understand what's going mm-hmm. on. But you know, I do like him. But yeah, I, I Jeff Star, I just don't, I just don't like them at all. They just annoy me. Uh since we're doing horror month, uh, and since next week is my birthday month, my birthday week. Sorry, we're going to do a movie from nineteen seventy six, like we did last year with Bugsy Malone. But this year it's going to be a horror movie. So Jen, I've decided we're going to do Carrie. Yes. So we've already we've already done the sequel to Carrie. But we're gonna do Carrie. Oh, I've already done so much research for this episode. <laughs> I feel as though we've got more to say about Carrie than we do The Omen, which was my other choice. But I love The Omen so much, but I don't really have any problems with The Omen, and I can think of two straight away for Carrie. So <laughs> I was kind of hoping you'd pick The Omen just because I've never seen it, but uh, yeah. I haven't seen Carrie in a while, and I love it. And it's I've seen it a lot, but I honestly don't know what my problems are and well i know my problems are if i decide to go with the i'm someone who's read the book so i have problems with the adaptation but i try to avoid that i try to avoid that if you Um, have to maybe just do one yeah yeah because i there's there's one thing that i definitely wish they'd done and i it sucks because like xander and i are watching horror films so it seems like um we should be watching this one but it's the first scene that keeps me yeah you can't no i wouldn't because i i I worry he would be uncomfortable watching the scene with me with all the naked women and also then we'd have to get into the whole like not i mean i i'm not like i want we need to explain periods to him soon because men are not well educated on that shit i don't know why they don't teach boys about that in school because they really should um yeah but not only would I have to have a talk with him about that, but we'd have to get further into it to explain exactly what those girls are doing and why what they're doing is awful. There's the conversations and the feelings we would experience with that scene uh, are a bit much uh, for me <laughs> right now. Yeah. So that's all we have time for. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. At Shifty B is my Twitter. Uh, shiftybench.co.uk is the website contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address where can people follow you online Jen I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter excellent so thank you thank you all for listening we'll speak to you all next time goodbye goodbye goodbye